This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. I'm Amy. I'm a recovering sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm super excited for today's episode, episode 17. Real quick, though, before we begin, um, just a real quick plug that today, April 1st, begins our 30-day Talking Back Challenge. I'm so excited about this. I hope you are, too. If you have no clue what I'm talking about, then you need to check out episodes 12, 14, and 16. Check out all the episodes about the Talking Back Challenge. Also, make sure you get on the website and join the mailing list. So excited to have you do this with me. I've got my cards here and I'm all ready to go for today. So, hope you are too. So today is episode 17 and we're going to continue our deep dive into the 12 steps. In our last episode of this series, we finished up our examination of step one. We spent four episodes talking about step one and really digging deep into how step one works in our lives. In today's episode, we're going to start our journey into step two. Um, From AA and all other recovery literature, we learned the words of step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. As we worked step one, we came to a pretty stark realization. We were insane. You've probably heard this quote and definition before. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Wasn't that us in our addiction? Somehow acting out again and again and again and again and thinking that this time would be different, that this time would save us. Or thinking that acting out would somehow save our current relationship or our marriage. I think of all the lies I told, all the craziness going on, all the people I hurt. But when I really think about it, I always thought that the next one, the next acting out experience would be different. That this would somehow save me. That it would end all of the madness. I even sometimes sought out highly dangerous or risky situations, hoping that one of them would scare me enough to stop the cycle. Telling our stories, looking at our powerlessness and our unmanageability as step one requires from us, will surely show us our insanity, at least glimpses of it. If not, hopefully our sponsor pointed it out to us. If we are honest with ourselves, our powerlessness and our unmanageability has shown us that we cannot control nor heal our own lives. We do not have the capacity or the capability to do so. We truly are insane. This can be hard and overwhelming, I think particularly for women, especially for those of us that have been always been incredibly self-reliant or self-sufficient. I'm definitely one of those people. I was the rescuer in my family. I always had it together for everyone else. People would seek me out because of my wisdom and my planning skills. I could see a problem. I could create a solution and a plan to solve it. And then I could execute that plan and was highly successful at it. 
all the time, over and over and over again, I seem to be able to save people, organizations, institutions, family members. I could rescue them and help them fix the unmanageability that they had created in their own lives. Even at work, like I said, I was highly capable and recognized for that. I seem to be able to make everything happen for everyone else, but nothing happened for me in my own life. Admitting I was incapable of fixing my own life was a really tough pill to swallow. How could I be so capable in one area of my life and so incapable in another? It seemed wrong. I remember feeling defeated, discouraged, and incredibly hopeless, especially when I was at the end of my step one. It was in understanding and working step two that I began to feel and find hope again. I learned that if I was ever going to find any relief from my addiction, the destructive behaviors in my life, it was going to have to come from someplace outside of me, a power greater than myself. I love the way that the SAA Green Book talks about it. It's on page 25. It says, quote, when we accept that our way doesn't work, step two opens the door to a new way that does. In the first step, we admitted that our addiction was going to destroy us if we did not stop and that we could not stop on our own. We discovered that our addiction was a problem too big for us to solve by ourselves. Without some power greater than ourselves to assist us, our situation is hopeless. In the second step, we are presented with the possibility that this power can restore us to a basic sanity and well-being. Close quote. My way hadn't worked. I had tried all sorts of things to stop acting out, and none of them worked. Step two tells me that there is a power greater than myself, outside of myself, that could help me stop, help me stay stopped, and restore me to sanity. I love that this step begins with came to believe. The words came to believe. To me, that implies a gradual process. Not something I did one time, or that I only do one time. Came to believe implies something that I work at, something that comes gradually over a period of time. I really like how the essay white book describes it. It's on page 89, quote, the first three words of step two give us the key to this dilemma. We came, we came to, we came to believe. We began by simply coming to meetings. Then, somewhere along the line, we came to, we awoke to the reality of our situation, come out of emotional and spiritual shock, and come to the reality of a power at work in the lives of others who were sober. Then, we came to believe. Close quote. I like the breakdown of that for this step. First, we came. We simply came to meetings. Over and over again, we came. Second, we came to. We woke up. We saw the reality of our situation, the powerlessness, the unmanageability, the damage, the cycle, the continual progression. It is when we come to, when we wake up, when we see reality and come off our high, off our drug, whatever it may be, that we truly see our insanity. Sometimes this takes time. We slowly come to, layer by layer. And then third, we came to believe. As each layer comes off, we look around at our meetings and we see others who are making it work. We see the reality of a power in their lives that is helping them stay sober. This starts to build hope in us that there is a power greater than ourselves and that it might work in our lives as well. Let's take a minute and talk about each of these in a little bit more detail. 
because I think they're really important when it comes to working this step in our lives. First, we came. What a gift 12-step meetings are in our lives. Seriously. The fact that these meetings exist and that you can attend one is a blessing in your life. Many people have come before you and blazed the way that make that even possible for you. Countless addicts in all sorts of addictions and in all sorts of circumstances made it possible for you to find help. These people are anonymous. They live quiet lives of rigorous honesty. You will never know their names or who they are, but you owe them a lot. I, I owe them a lot. Even if you're not a big fan of 12 steps or think they're overrated, it is my belief that we all need to be grateful for these pioneers in the world of addiction. It is because of their work, their lives, and their stories that addiction has been studied so deeply at both the medical and psychological levels. It is because of them that addiction became a field of study and that so many people have found relief today. I try and be grateful for that every day. I'm grateful for those who came before me and wrote their experiences down so that I have literature to read and stories to relate to, so that I have a competent therapist to help me and so that I can have my life back. So first we came. Attending meetings is an act of hope. When you come to a meeting, you are in essence saying, I hope this is all true. I hope there is a way to heal, to be better. I hope that what you are saying is true. You are showing your hope and belief in the power of the group. You are saying, you have done this already. People have faced this addiction head on and have won. I'm going to try and believe in them. I'm going to try what they have tried. We come again and again and again. We come to meetings. We come even when we didn't want to. We still come. We came, we read, we listened, we shared. We came and in that act of coming, we came too. Through that act of coming to meeting over and over and over again, we start to come too. We awake to reality, the second part of this whole process for step two. We came to and we awoke to reality. Coming to meetings helps us see reality. As we read and share together, we start to see the powerlessness and unmanageability in the lives of others. As we discuss what they are struggling with and how their addiction manifests in their own lives, we start to see the comparisons in our own lives. At first, we relate on the level of behavior, what we actually did, right? We recognize their behavior patterns in our own patterns. We start to see the behaviors that let us down this dark road of addiction. But then there's a change. Maybe someone at the meeting starts talking about their, quote, stinking thinking, right? The thought patterns that lead them to their behaviors. We read and hear about the thinking of others. And we start to relate on a deeper level, realizing that there is a thought pattern before the behavior pattern. Meeting by meeting, layer by layer, reality is revealed to us. And with each new layer of reality, a new layer of insanity is right there along with it. We start to see the true insanity of our lives. Not just the unmanageability and the powerlessness that we talked about in step one, but the insane thought patterns, the obsession, the cycle, the preoccupation, the anger, the hurt, the pain that's all just sitting right below the surface of the facade that we've created for our lives. 
we start to see the insanity of our lives. And yet, in that moment, when reality and insanity are both revealed to us, we also see others sitting at the meetings dealing with it. Not just dealing with it, but enduring it, but handling it. Not just enduring it, handling it, working it, learning from it. And they're doing all of this while they're staying sober. We start to recognize that there is a power at work in their lives. A power that we need. A power that helps them. A power that changes them. And that is where we add the next word. We came to believe. Dictionary.com defines believe in this way. To have confidence in the truth, the existence, or the reliability of something. I love that definition. To have confidence in the truth, the existence, or the reliability of something. At first, maybe all we can believe or have confidence in is the group or the program. Every 12-step literature book that I'm familiar with starts out this way. We start with a belief and a confidence in our group and the program. In the AA literature book, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, it explains this on page 27. Quote, you can, if you wish, make AA itself your higher power. Here's a very large group of people who have solved their alcohol problem. In this respect, they are certainly a power greater than you, who have not even come close to a solution. Surely you can have faith in them. Close quote. The SAA Green Book says it as well. It's on page 26. Quote, For many of us, this starts with simply coming to meetings. We experience the group as a power greater than ourselves that cares. The example of those who are living in recovery, free of their sexually addictive behaviors, shows us the power of the program. We can rely on the love and support of our friends in the group. We develop a willingness to try some of the group's suggestions, even those that are outside of our usual comfort zone, when we observe the practical effects of these ideas in action. From this simple beginning, a belief in a higher power can grow. Close quote. The essay White Book says something very similar on page 90. Quote, when we cast ourselves on the mercy of the group, we are, in effect, resorting to a power greater than ourselves. After all, we admit many of these people are staying sexually sober, and some had it worse than we. More than this, we feel a strength and a presence in fellowship. The spirit of the meeting often seems to be greater than the sum of its members. This gives us hope and draws us into the light. Soon, we find ourselves making our own personal connection. Close quote. I love that all three of those literature books, in essence, speak to the same thing. That as we come to believe, believe meaning that we have confidence and reliability in something, that we start with our group. We start by having faith and confidence and relying upon the members of our group. Those members become our first, in essence, quote, higher power. They become a power bigger than ourselves, a power that can help us start to move along the path of recovery. We came to believe as we sat in meetings, and we start to witness a power at work in the lives of others. At first, we have confidence in them and the program that they are working. We talk to them. We spend time with them. We, le- we rely on them as a power greater than ourselves. As we become to depend on them, our group, and all the addicts that have come before, a willingness and a humility grows within us. We start to see what works for them and what isn't working for us. We start to become willing to try and do what they are doing. 
we continue to work with our sponsor and become willing to try things we don't even want to try just because they are doing it and it is working for them. The SAA Green Book tells us about this, quote, to work this step, we only need to be open-minded enough to try something new. For most of us, coming to believe is a gradual process. We don't need to believe in any particular concept of a higher power in order to begin. We learn from others what works and what doesn't work for them. We listen and we try out new approaches. If we are teachable, we can discover the stirrings of hope within us and come to believe in the possibility of recovery from a sexual addiction. That's on page 26, close quote of the Green Book. I love that. We must only be open-minded enough to try something new in order to work step two. Many addicts, myself included, used this group and this confidence we have in them as our higher power to begin with. We rely on them and it gives us space to explore and challenge our own ideas and beliefs in a power greater than ourselves, in a higher power. One of the things I love about the steps particularly step two and going forward and the concept of a higher power is that it works with all levels of belief and accommodates all concepts of a higher power all the way from those that don't believe at all or are angry and resentful towards a higher power those that believed once and have lost their belief all the way to those that are highly religious I've heard several sex addiction and AA speakers say things similar to this if you feel your religion and the 12 steps contradict each other, you are misinterpreting one or the other, but probably both. <laughs> I love that idea. That was my experience for sure. I felt at first that the 12 steps in my religion kind of contradicted each other. But as I really studied the literature and started to rely and begin, I came to believe, started to begin by relying on my group members and those that had come before me. The working of step two became easier and I had time because I could rely on those people on that group as my higher power to begin with. It provided a safe place for me to be able to explore and challenge my own belief in a higher power. That's how step two begins. Step two begins by finding that something to believe in, coming to meetings over and over again, coming to reality. We came to understanding reality, understanding our own insanity, and then coming to believe. Believing meaning that we have something that we can put our faith, our confidence in, and that we can rely upon. And for me, that started with my group. That started with understanding that there were people making this work in their lives. And using that group, a power greater than myself to begin with, provided that space for me to explore and challenge my own personal beliefs about a higher power. That's going to be the topic of our next episode about step two, episode 19. How do we challenge those beliefs about our higher power? How do we dig into that and understand what that really means in our own lives? I'm excited to share some of my own experiences with you, as well as some ideas from the literature that I have studied this step, step two, is not so small and innocent as some might seem. Don't skip it. Don't skip it thinking that because you already believe in a higher power that you are good to go. Take some time today to really think about the spiritual principles that you believe in in your life. Take time to ponder if you're recognizing your own insanity, your own unmanageability. Take time to think about your relationship with your higher power. 
what you're using as your higher power, what you have faith and confidence in, what you believe in, what you're using as that power greater than yourself to help restore you to sanity. I'm excited to dive into this step two with you and hope that you'll continue with me in episode 19. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. After step one, understanding our powerlessness and our unmanageability, this step, step two, is the beginning of our hope. It's the beginning of those stirrings within us, like the Green Book tells us. Those stirrings within us that will provide hope and confidence and the idea that we actually can overcome this addiction, that we can live without our addictive behaviors, that we can have hope for recovery. I'm excited to spend time this for the next few weeks exploring step two with you. Just a quick reminder, we are on iTunes. So if you are an iTunes fan, please get on, subscribe today and give us a little shout out. Also, I hope you're joining us on the Talking Back Challenge. Super excited. Today's day one. Super excited to get that going. As always, I want you to know that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel right now, no matter how hopeless you might feel, no matter how discouraged you might feel, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. You are worth it. Keep up the fight one day at a time. I think about you. I pray for you. I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.